Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Dr. Rita Marie Lascalzo. Dr. Rita Marie Lascalzo, founder of the Institute of Nutritional Endocrinology, is passionately committed to transforming our current broken disease care system into a true healthcare system where each and every practitioner is skilled at finding the root cause of health challenges and uses the wisdom of nature combined with modern scientific research to restore balance. Dr. Rita Marie, a licensed doctor of chiropractic with certifications in acupuncture, nutrition, herbal medicine, and heart math, specializes in digestion, thyroid, adrenal, and insulin imbalances. She's also a master at using palate-pleasing whole fresh food as medicine and is a best-selling author, speaker, and internationally recognized nutrition and women's health authority with over 28 years of clinical experience. You've heard me say how betrayal impacts us physically, mentally, and emotionally. Well, today we're diving in deep into how it impacts us on a cellular level. We're talking about how betrayal and emotional trauma affect blood sugar regulation. And it's a big deal because your blood sugar is, if it's not regulated, you're setting yourself up for insulin resistance, diabetes, and more. Here to talk about it is my friend, Dr. Rita Marie Lascalzo. If she's not the world's leading expert on this topic, she should be. And when you hear what she has to say, you'll agree. Grab a pen and paper for this one. Here's Dr. Rita Marie. Okay, everybody, I have my dear friend, Dr. Rita Marie Lascalza with us today. And you know, this is from Betrayal to Breakthrough. And so often we talk about stories of trauma and then transformation and this and that. And so often we talk about what hanging on to your story does. Well, I brought on Dr. Rita Marie to tell us what hanging on to your story does to your body because the issues are in the tissues. It jams up so many different aspects of our health and who better to tell us exactly what goes on than Dr. Rita Marie. So welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here because this is a topic that's so important and people are running around with their stories and telling them over and over again. And they're not realizing the physiologic and biochemical impact that every time you tell it has on your body as if you're reliving it. Yes. So let's start with that because that's the thing people realize. And and once that story's well rehearsed, you know, and I can hear it when someone tells their story and I know they have said it in that exact way. So many times, tell us what happens within the body when that's going on, even let's start with what does stress do to the body and then run us through what happens every time you tell me, tell it. Yeah. Yeah. So when we're under a stress situation and our bodies are adrenal glands, they sit on top of your kidneys and these little, little almond shaped, um, the gland tiny, and they are responsible for keeping you alive in the face of danger. So whether the danger is you know, a, a bobcat chasing you down your neighborhood, or it's, you know, abusive, physiologic, physical, or even mental and emotional abuse from a person, which is what you're mostly dealing with here, right? That emotional, that betrayal, that, that just like feeling in the body of, of major stress reaction is the same reaction is the same. So when we're running away from wild animals, we need blood sugar mobilized. We need to go and get all the sugar we have stored in the body mobilized so we can run and jump and climb the trees and fight. 
when we're in this abusive situation, whether it's physical or mental and emotional, we get into that same situation. So the body releases a hormone called cortisol. And when cortisol is released, it says, oh, I got to find some sugar because I need to run me away, right? But in the meantime, all that cortisol raging in the system releases the blood sugar, causes insulin levels to surge. Insulin is the hormone that takes the sugar and puts it into the cells. Over time of having this over and over again, we're releasing this insulin, but the cells are going, no, 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 you're going to hurt me. The insulin hurts. It can cause overabundance of it can hurt the cells. It can cause the cells to get stiff. It can cause them to get inflamed. And so the cells naturally try to protect themselves from this hormone insulin. They become resistant. And now we have elevated blood sugar on top of elevated insulin and elevated blood sugar affects everything in your body. So if you've ever known anybody who was diabetic or heard of the complications of diabetes, that's happening in your body decades before you get diagnosed. And even if you never get diagnosed, so it damages the nerves that go to your fingers and your toes, it damages the nerves that go to the kidneys and causes nephropathy net problems with the kidneys not functioning properly causes problems with the eyes, the retinas in the eyes. So all of these areas are getting they're getting aggravated every time you get into this stress mode. And if you're in this situation, right, it's happening all the time. So we're constantly having this aggravation of those pieces. We're constantly having the elevated insulin, which then causes the blood vessels to stiffen so that as there is a stress and you need to be running away and you're pumping more fluid, the blood vessels are stiff. They're not, they're not elastic. And you're not able to do that. And that can cause heart attacks and strokes and all sorts of things. But worse, you know, that's the obvious, right? And that is the worst, obviously. But most people don't get there. So they don't realize that all these things are happening in their body until it's later and it's too late. And you know what's so amazing about what you're saying? I remember I wasn't feeling right and I was tested and it turned out that I was insulin resistant, borderline diabetic. I don't even eat sugar. And it was completely stress-induced. Completely. I call it the candy bar eating effect of stress. Wow. So that's the thing. So now imagine someone who is undergoing a tremendous amount of stress and then their comfort eating, right? They're emotionally eating, exactly. using sugar to make them feel better. And their bodies are freaking out with the stress as it is. What happens? What happens in that case? Yeah. Well, in that case, it's the worst outcome. It's continual stress on the system and the blood pressure goes high. The vessels leading to the heart get stiff and narrowed. Uh, the brain, the, the supply to the brain gets damaged. The memory center in the brain called the hippocampus, one of the, one of the parts gets damaged by the high levels of cortisol. And then the brain becomes insulin resistant as well. And so we lose the memory. We're thinking that Alzheimer's is actually related to insulin and resistance in the brain. I mean, you're, you're setting yourself up for all kinds of serious issues, but you're also experiencing the less serious issues that people think, hey, I'm tired. You know, my brain is foggy. I'm gaining some weight around the middle, but those are actually hallmarks of much more serious metabolic imbalances going on inside the body. So it is brilliant. So how do you know, how do you know when this is starting to happen? Like I, I knew my brain was not functioning right. I knew the level of stress I was <laughs> under. but how does someone who's not 
you know, who's just, they're just busy surviving. They have just right. experienced this trauma. They are just trying to move through their experience and deal with like work and the kids and whatever else they have going right. on. What are some ways that they can say, wow, you know what? That may be going on with me. Like, how would they know? What would they feel? Tired, exhausted, that tired in the morning and maybe even wired late at night and can't fall asleep. So the worst of both worlds, right? Can't get up in the morning, can't go to sleep at night. And then you're just constantly in that state of exhaustion. Um, cravings, right? Just always wanting something carby, something, you know, starchy or sugary, even after you've had a big meal, you're full, you're stuffed. And all of a sudden you're like, but a, a piece of cake would taste really good right now, or some ice cream would be really good right now or whatever. But after a big meal, you're still hungry for something specifically sweet or, or starchy. And then um, that mid-afternoon slump that everybody thinks is the normal thing. Everybody at work has it, right? Four o'clock in the afternoon, it's like a dragon. You got to go get a cup of coffee or some something sweet. So all of those things are hallmarks of the insulin resistance issue. And then the brain foggy, right? Somebody who's like really on their game early on, right? I'm really a go-getter. I'm in this company. I'm moving up. And then suddenly it's like, what was your name again? Like, what did she just say? What am I supposed to be doing right now? Those lapses, those I walked into the room and go, why did I come here? And, and that is so scary. And I'm thinking about the, the time period where this was happening to me. And I'll never forget being on a phone call with someone who was, we were talking about getting me in to speak with their organization. And she said, well, you know what? I actually have another call. Can I call you back? And uh, you know, what's your number? And I go, you know what? Hang on a second. And I told her to hang on because I forgot my phone number. Uh, right. I knew, I knew I was in trouble. And I got back on the call and I said, you know, what's your number? I'll just give you a call back. And I hung up and I said, wow, wow, we're in That's trouble. Exactly. And I was, and another instance was going to a, uh, a, to celebrate a friend's birthday at a restaurant. I've been to a hundred times, drove right past it, had no idea where it was. No idea. Yep. That's, that's it. That's totally yeah. it. Yeah. And, and we make excuses and we justify and we're like, am I, what the heck is going on? Not thinking that, that stress has this much power. It's totally. And I believe, I tell people this all the time that I believe the underlying cause of just about all diseases sympathetic overdrive. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about the nervous system, it's sympathetic versus parasympathetic fight, flight, free, uh, fight, flight, fright, fight, flight. I can't say it. it I know what you mean. Though. But you know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, that fight, flight response. And then the parasympathetic is our rest, repose, digest, heal. And if we're in the sympathetic all the time, we're in that Paris, that overdrive, we can't heal. We can't detox. We can't get well. And so it causes so many very um, minor, if you will, that people call nagging kind of diseases, but also it's a precursor to all the serious things that are killing people. And you can see how over the short term, it's brilliant. It's to get us, you know, I, I right? The blood and oxygen goes to the, the, the lungs and the, and the limbs so we can flee and run to safety. I guess, I mean, that's how it's designed, but it's like we're running to, for safety all the time. Right, 24 yeah. seven, it was not designed that way. The, the adrenals, the whole stress system was designed for short bursts. Right. And then go back to sitting down and, you know, picking some apples from the tree and short burst and constant. We don't get the, we don't get the rest in between. 
And we can, there are tools and techniques, which I'm sure you teach everybody. Well, and I want to get to some of your tools and techniques, but I, but before that, you know, think about it. So someone's in this scenario, like picture, I'm picturing a typical woman who comes, you know, and we have men and women who come with it, you know, into the PBT Institute and they're exhausted. So what do they do? They use sugar and caffeine for energy, Mm -hmm. right? Which is, and then they can't sleep. So they're taking something to help them sleep. And it just seems like it's perpetuating the same thing. Yep. Yeah. yeah totally. So, so what do you do when you see someone like that? Cause I can imagine that they said, well, you know what, let me just take something to help me sleep and let me just take something to help me get through my day. And, and let me just eat something to, to give me energy. And you can see how this is, it, it's like patching things up and right. not really getting to the root problem at all. It's not getting to the root, but it's actually making it worse. Right. Cause what they're reaching for in terms of the coffee and the sugar, the sodas and candy and whatever else they're reaching for is actually making the insulin resistance situation worse. So they may not have gotten that there from the food. They may have gotten there from the stress like you, but suddenly if you were to give into those cravings of eating all the garbage, you're just going to make the situation worse, make your memory worse, make your blood pressure worse. So we have to, we have to nip it. And it's easier to say than do because they're like, what do I do? What's my safety net? So one of the things I do, which is not related to the food from right up front is I teach people a a technique. You've probably heard of it, heart math. And I teach them how to tune into their breath and their appreciation. And instantly it shifts them into parasympathetic. Now, because they're so stressed up and wound up, they're going to go right back. But if they can incorporate these little 30 second to two minute breaks throughout their day, over time, within a week, they're going to start to feel better. The cravings start to go down. They're looking at, oh, I have some more energy and I feel better. I love that. And for those who aren't familiar with heart math, explain what it is. Yeah. So the Institute of Heart Math, it's very strange name, quite frankly, heart and math. It's people want to call it map. It's math. And they did these studies where they check people when they're in this fight flight state that we're just been describing. And they've measured all these things, all the, the immune factors that are depleted, uh, the, the enzymes that are working in various metabolic pathways, everything is depleted and down in the digestion and blood pressure is up and all that. And so they put them through this process of, okay, just stop, focus on your breath. You can put your hands over your belly. I like to put one hand over my belly and then one hand over my heart. Take a long, slow, deep breath. Let your shoulders drop. And almost immediately just with the breath, right? Right? It's just stop. Yeah, that felt great. It's like, that feels really good. If you can focus on the out breath being a little longer than the in breath, that the out breath is where you go into parasympathetic, whereas we want to be. So you do that and then you focus on a feeling. So it's a heart feeling, right? So we, the breath, then we focus on the feeling. We focus on, oh, some place that you love to be. Maybe it's a, a trip to the beach or, you know, some vacation that you've had in the past or something that you're visioning for your future, but just some place. I like to call it a mini vacation. That's, that's my take on it, my spin on it, but I call it a mini vacation and just go there. Just like, oh, I'm on the beach. The waves are washing over me and... And then you just focus on appreciation. Like, oh, I'm so appreciative I had that event. Oh, I'm so appreciative for that person in my life or for that experience. And within like just that one breath, 
Yes. And as you, more you practice it, you just go there immediately. And, and the more you practice it when you don't need it, which is for these folks, it's probably never, but it, you know, it's just like practice it on the hour, have your phone go off and you go, okay, time for that breath. And the more you do it, the more you train your body to go into parasympathetic Mm -hmm. and the more you're able to go. And then you can start doing it when like a really high stress level hits and you go, okay, I'm going to bring myself down. Okay. I'm going to bring myself down after a while for me, if I, if something stressful happens, I just naturally go to that breath. I don't have to think about it because I've trained my system that stress means you go to this breath and you feel good and it keeps your mental focus there. So at that point, if you do something like that and you start to go, wow, after I did that, I felt like I had some brain clarity for a little while. Here's the thing that people need to know about their nervous system. And you might talk about this all the time in your program, but your nervous system doesn't know the difference between you actually experiencing something and you retelling it, mm-hmm. talking about it, thinking about it. It creates the same neurochemistry, the same immune system problems, the same blood pressure elevations. And that's so important that you said that because think about it. You have your experience. So you're, let's say you're focused on your betrayal and then it is, you, you keep going there and we need to, you know, we, we need to make sense and then eventually meaning out of the experience, right? Whatever that means for you. But that process of, okay, let me think about it again. Let me go over it again. Let me revisit it again. What's happening is from what you're saying, what's happening is every one of those hormones and chemicals that's creating that stress response and igniting Everything we don't want is happening when we do that and is creating the brain fog and is creating the insulin resistance and is creating all of that. And something as simple as heart math, right? You're saying that breath and that, uh, that picture and that appreciation can actually start to rewire that, you know, and what's interesting too, because I always try to get into the, the, the minds of my listeners and viewers. And I know some of them are like, well, sure, you know, a beach Picture sounds really nice, but I can't even, you know, what can I appreciate? Life stinks right now. Here's the thing. There's got to be something, you know, there's got to be something that you can appreciate. Even that the sun rose today, whatever it is. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. finding something. So, so I, I love that now with heart math, cause I have the, you clip it to your ear. Yeah. And, okay. Yeah. There's something so soothing about, and there's a, there's an app that goes with it and you just watch <laughs> like, you yep. watch the thing with the, yeah, not everybody needs that. Right. Mm-hmm. I just find it annoying. I, you know, I, cause I don't need it, but mm-hmm. in the early stages I did. And in the early stages, and especially with such severe nervous system um, disruption that these folks are having, you need it because it focuses your attention on this screen. And back in the days when HeartMath first came out with it, it wasn't on the phone, it wasn't an app, it was this little device. And I had it, I was playing with it. I was on a plane with my, I think it was six or eight years old son. And he's like, mommy, what is that thing? I said, I explained it to him. He goes, oh, let me try it. So he sat there and I went back and read a book or whatever. And like 10 minutes later, he goes, mommy, I figured it all out. Oh, what do you mean? So he goes, look, watch this. So he shows me the thing and then he goes, he goes, look, it turns red. <clears throat> I said, oh, he says, but watch this. And then he just says, hmm. I look, it turns green. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Superpowers. 
right. I can control this device. But that's what happens. And you go, oh, I thought I was relaxed right now, but I'm not. So what do I do to shift that? And it's a, it's a break. And that's what we need is a break from the monkey mind that keeps playing this over and over again and shifting that. Yeah. So what's a, what's like a timeline in, let's say someone says, okay, you know what? My, my mind is running away from me and it's wreaking havoc on my body and my health. I will commit to heart math and taking a certain amount of breaths and doing exactly what you said. How, like, let's say, I think that's a great start because it's one practice that they can just implement. Right. right? And you said you, you did that, you know, a certain amount of time and then it just became so conditioned. What do you think? Like, give us a timeline of how long just something like that takes to become kind of automatic. Because before it becomes automatic, it could be a year or two. Okay. Okay. But the deliberate and the feeling the difference and then feeling like, oh, I'm going to do this because I feel the difference. That could be weeks, just weeks. Okay. I remember when I first started this, I had a very rambunctious two-year-old, that same kid when he was two. And he would just drive me crazy, you know, like, would you just, would you, you know? And I was like, okay. I remember going, I just want to, I just want to make him pay, you know? Yeah. And I would go, okay, I'm going to calm down. I'm going to do She's this. She's a loving mom, everybody, but this is right. just normal. But this is what, you know, you know, make him pay, meaning like you pick up those toys and I'm going to take them away from you if you don't. Right. So that kind of thing, I would, we're not, we're not talking corporal punishment here at all. Right. But it was like, you know, that anger that you get when you're so tired and you're so stressed and you got a two-year-old who's just being a two-year-old, right. Maybe a little bit high end up to your old, uh, in terms of their defiance. And I remember feeling that way and like laying down on the floor and going, okay, just, just do this, just do this, just do this. But he needs to know how, just do this, just do this. And I finally did this. And finally, I remember going in and I was about to go into his room to tell him that, you know, he couldn't just leave his toys all over the place. I just stripped over one. My foot was killing me. And so I go in the room to tell him and I, outside the room, I breathed. I did this and I said, I so appreciate this kid's, his uh, determination. It's going to make him a very successful adult someday. I love him. He's wonderful. I thought about all the good stuff about him. I went in the room and I calmly said, I said, Kevin, there's a whole lot of toys down in the living room and we're going to eat dinner soon. I need you to come down and pick up the toys. You know what he said? What did he say? Okay, mommy. It's like he was matching your energy. Exactly. You know, it, it's so, it's so amazing. I, and this reminds me of uh, my, my fourth in particular was, I mean, <laughs> I think he just decided to come into this world, torturing me and then to become the easiest kid ever. So early on, he would do things like dump out an entire box of Rice Krispies and, and all over the kitchen floor and then stomp on them just to watch my face contort. He would, we would be driving and he would take off a shoe and throw it out the window. He would have a, oh yeah, you know, on the highway, he would uh, just have a complete meltdown. And it's so interesting because I was freaking out with, by by his response and matching his energy. And he got a kick out of it and I was going bananas. And I remember this one day where it was torture just getting him ready for school and this kind of thing. And I just, I, I think it had just gotten to be too much and I just started laughing. Like, you know, when you get to that point, you just can't take it. And I just started laughing and he did too. And it's like the exact same thing. And then it was just easy. Yeah. Oh. And I imagine, what does something like that do to your blood sugar level? 
Oh, I know exactly what it does because I teach people to test their blood sugar. And so they're testing their blood sugar and they're seeing that their blood sugar just went up to 160. And they're like, I didn't eat anything. Oh, I just got off the phone and I was angry at that person. So then they do the heart math and boom, it comes down. Remember one lady was visiting me, a friend of mine was visiting me from out of town and she had some stressful event happen and she was all upset because she thought she left her credit card at the gas station and she's looking all over for it. I said, okay, let's go through. Let me take you through this process. I take her through the process. I had a blood sugar meter. I said, are you open to taking your blood sugar? Her blood sugar was 202 when she was freaking out. And I took her blood sugar and I took her through this. And within minutes, like literally three minutes, it was down to 150. Now that's not a great blood sugar, but that's a 50 point drop, right? Right. Had I been able to get her to continue, like old habits die hard. She just went right back into freak out mode, right? (laughs) Gotta find the credit card, gotta find the credit card. As if the credit card was going to magically appear if she did that craziness, if, if she really did leave it, you know, three towns away. And it's almost like that craziness hijacks your brain. You can't think hijacks that way anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what's something someone can do? HeartMath is just a wonderful place to start. Give us another, another tip. And then I, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to talk to foods, right? Because most people, their plates are so devoid of green. It's pathetic, right? So take your plate and fill it with non-starchy vegetables, 75%. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you put the rest of it. That's a good starting point, right? 75% of your plate is non-starchy vegetables, salad, broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, you name it, you eat it and the rest of it, whatever, right? You can fine tune that later, right? Mm-hmm. If the rest of it is a piece of chocolate cake, so be it. At least you're diffusing some of the problems of the chocolate cake with mm-hmm. all the greens. It's going to slow down the sugar absorption. Beautiful. And I have eaten many meals with you and she is not just preaching this. She lives it. a walking, breathing, living example of someone who practices what she preaches. What do you want to make sure everyone knows as we wrap up? Um, oh boy, there's so much. Uh, <laughs> you have control. Every choice you make matters. And you know, when you're in this betrayal situation, you feel like you didn't have choices, right? This happened to you, right? Your response after is all a matter of how you choose, what you eat, how you think about it, whether you choose to diffuse it or whether you're in the place where you just don't want to, like I was originally with my son, I just wanted to be angry. I deserve to be angry, right? And then I realized anger isn't serving me here. And it's making you sick making me sick. Right. Yeah. And, and think about the additional power you give away when, when that's what you're deciding to exactly. do. Harnessing your, your power back and making these choices to get your health back, get your mind back, yes. get your body back. Seems like a, a wonderful way to go. So where do we go to learn more about you and the amazing work you do that I am <laughs> 100% behind You're brilliant. And, and I just want everybody to know about you and your work. Thank you. My main website is drritamarie.com. You can pretty much find me there. Go to my Facebook page, go to um, hormonehackingbreakfastmenus.com and you'll get a really cool little idea for how to start your day so that you're not starting in this blood sugar nightmare. And they're really fun and, and delicious recipes in there. And I have seen a lot of your recipes and I mean, they, they look wonderful. I mean, me, I'll make it if it's three ingredients or less. <laughs> ah. <laughs> <laughs> they look wonderful. Dr. Rita Marie, thank you so much, my dear friend, 
for your wisdom, for your insight. I mean, you just shared some amazing truth bombs to, uh, to so many people who listen, who watch this show, who are so stuck in the anger and in the pain and in the stress. And I get it. And you have every right to be, but it's killing you. So it's not worth it. Take the first step, whatever it is. So thank you so much. Great. Thank you for having me. Another example of how emotions impact us physically. And if you're in sympathetic overdrive, it's crucial to take at least the first step to get your stress and your health under control. Stay in touch with Rita Marie by going to brainandgenes.com and hormonehealingbreakfastmenus.com. And we'll have all of our information in the show notes at thepbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. Try something like heart math to help regulate your stress levels. And it can be as simple as one, put one hand on your belly and the other hand on your heart. Two, breathe. Three, focus on what you're feeling when you imagine a positive picture in your mind. Four, sense and feel that that appreciation for the experience. Sounds simple, but commit to it and notice how much better you feel. Speaking of feeling better, if you haven't already, be sure to take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz, which you can find at thepbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. And like the show, subscribe, rate, review, and tell all your friends about it. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.